to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Share the Show Tuesday. Share the Show Tuesday is the day when we ask you to share the show on social media or, more important, with a person you know who's either given up on the news or is ready to have their eyes open. And I like to tell people what we're doing and why. And what we're doing is we're trying to help people stay up on the news of the day without all the mainstream media spin, the propaganda. We want to pull back the propaganda and tell you what those stories mean from a point of view of how they're serving the direction that we're being pushed in this country. That propaganda, that media is always being forced down our throats so that we they are shaping our attitudes and opinions. And we want to help you understand how they're doing that. It's easy to walk away from the news. And if you can, more power to you. But if you go to work or you have kids in school, you have to be ready for when they bring that propaganda home. And you have to at least give a sanity check, offer an alternative explanation, whatever. Sometimes we think that we could be starting a brush fire, that somebody out there who listens is going to pick up the torch and do their own thing or start a fire and you're them or maybe push back on a, a law. But there's something I learned last week as I was doing some meetups and other events and it just clicks because I get a lot of emails like this. The number one thing I get from emails is thank you Monica and Brad for helping me stay sane last year. And I realized that we are individuals and we are individualists. And the reason that we were doing the meetups was so that we could actually find those other people in our communities who think like we do so we can stay strong and stay sane. So it's not just for the people in your life. It's not just that you have an answer to the propaganda. It's really number one, I think, that we're shoring each other up just to know that there are sane people who say that two plus two equals four and they do it. You don't have to agree with us, but at least, you know, there are people out there who are thinking and there's value in that. And if they if they didn't care, that wasn't a threat. If that wasn't some resistance, some defense, they wouldn't spend 24-7 bombarding us with the exact opposite, trying to drown out our ability to think and be rational and supportive and real. Absolutely. We are in the middle of narrative warfare. I like to use that term now because it's everywhere since we've been studying it on Rockfin. And they do not want people to think. They want to tell people what things mean before people have the ability to determine that meaning themselves. This is straight out of the narrative warfare manual, the playbook, and we see it everywhere right now. So we just try to add a little separation in between that meaning that they're trying to give people to create a space for critical thinking and asking questions. And we can launch... An example of this for a new listener who just got this on Share the Show Tuesday with your top story. What is it, Bing? Absolutely. This is a textbook example of narrative warfare right here. The way that they are using these stories that we're going to talk about. The theme that I've seen in the news related to police-involved incidents with African-American men is transparency is accountability when it comes to the police officers and accountability and transparency through the use of video. 
of the scene. And for the George Floyd, the Chauvin trial, we're hearing a lot of talk about this 17 year old girl, Darnella Frazier, who recorded the infamous video that everybody's seen, the one where they say Chauvin had his knee on the neck of Floyd for, they did say eight minutes. Now they say almost 10 minutes. And they're praising this girl. They're saying that she's brave. She's a hero. They're encouraging other people to do the same if they see incidents happen. They're even talking about how she could possibly or should possibly win a Pulitzer for taking action <laughs> and filming this incident. And yeah, I know. It's very, very directed, very focused on that video alone when it comes to the media. Now, what they're not focusing on. I should say this. They're talking about it as though it's absolute truth, as though you see the video. This is all you need to see. Why even have a trial? We see what happened with our own eyes right here. This was echoed on SNL. This has been echoed on every left wing news network. And this is what they're pushing. The video gives you the verdict, except they want to control what video you see. Now, they're talking about the video she made. They're not talking about all of the videos that came out during the trial, which there was other videos at other angles from police body cams that came out that tell a more complete story of what happened. The narrative is emphasizing this 10 minutes that the knee, almost 10 minutes that the knee was on the neck of George Floyd. And while it was not, it was ugly to look at and hard to watch, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that what he did was good or right or that the the methods are good. I think that all of it. I I don't. It's it's complicated and it's it looked really horrible. However, the other angles of the video tell a little bit of a more complex story. He took his knee off the neck. He put it on the back. He shifted it around. There was not a continuous period of nine ten minutes of him pressuring his knee on the neck as the media is portraying. And this came out during the trial. I mean, the video was shown during the trial, and there was even. In incidents of a, they, they brought out a study during the trial or that talks about how video evidence, how slow motion replays of video can give the perception of greater intention in the action that is being taken. And we saw a bunch of these types of images, close up, slow motion that fits right into this where you can portray that intention by using that type of video and then not showing the other. So on the one hand, they're praising video as truth. And then on the other hand, they're also lying about what actually happened in the in the context of all of the videos. And this is the meaning creation. This is we are telling I'm going to say the 1619 narrative, the systemic racism narrative, and we're only going to show the stories and we're only going to frame them in a way that fit that narrative while we exclude all of the other information, which is straight out of the narrative warfare manual. Go ahead. It's very convincing to see something with your own eyes, which yeah. is why there's that old adage, believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see. And it yeah. sounds silly, but that is what it, that it's very convincing to do that. So if you can get videos and I think this is the pre premonition or whatever um, precursor to the deep fake stuff that yes. would get you to be 100% convinced by videos. They curate the videos now. And I think almost they want it to kind of feel fake uh, so that your standards change. Like you're, you're used to seeing things with your own eyes, evaluating stuff. They actually have you 
interact and and sense you know use your sensory organs in the virtual world in a different way and you really nailed it when you said why even have a trial like that's what they're going for and they've been talking about that for a while they started with the parkland thing in florida should our tax dollars go to have have quote right to have counsel well yes because what you're doing is taking the government force their guns and and if they are going to be able to take your rights away, you have to be able to defend your rights. And yes, maybe not in this case, maybe not in the Parkland case, although I would argue even they, it's worthy of a trial. But what happens when you, when you take away that accountability is then those processes are used to set people up. Then they'll set you up with a video they know they can curate and know you don't get a trial. Yes. And if, and if they set it up exactly the right way, if it's a, a crime against your uh, identity, then you don't get a trial. It's just too, it's profane. This is in, uh, I was reading a lull last night because I'm. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. And it said, yeah, I have to separate things out between the sacred and the profane, neither of which can actually be debated. So there's the sacred, which it's it's so exalted that nobody dare question it. And there's the profane. It's so horrible. Nobody dare discuss that. And that's where this kind of racism and virtue and, you know, the journalist versus the villain, the cop. Yeah. It all goes to the stuff where you can't discuss it. You can't analyze it. You can't take it to trial. And adding visual, what appears to be visual evidence of that is... It's supposed to be the end of the story. Absolutely. And what they're doing with this story in Elizabeth, North Carolina, is I should give you a little bit of background on that. I, I didn't really because we had last week off, so I didn't yeah, I realize that this too. story happened until yesterday. Uh, in Elizabeth, North Carolina, there was a man named Andrew Brown who was killed last week by police officers and the police officers police officers say they were executing a search warrant and we don't have much more information outside of that because they're not saying much because there's an investigation ongoing but the medical examiner said that brown died from a gunshot wound to the back of his head he was in his car and there are demands for and they were executing a warrant that you can there's the information about his warrants is is online it was some was drug related he didn't he did have a history that doesn't justify anything we still really don't know what happened because there's just not much information out about it but the media is trying to compel the police body cam footage to come out quickly it's so much to the so, so much to the fact that they've actually put an emergency order on the city of Elizabeth, North Carolina, because they are worried that there's going to be riots and protests breaking breaking out once the body cam footage is released. But it might not be because of what's actually on the body cam footage because of what they're doing right now. What the media is doing is they are telling people what they're going to see on this video. And they're getting this from the lawyer of the family. The family was able to see 20 seconds of this video. And the police say it's it's only 20 to 30 seconds long. The lawyer says that they want to see the whole video. They're not seeing enough. They're trying to prevent them from seeing it. And the lawyer said what he saw in the video was an execution 
and he describes events. He describes police coming up. He describes the, he says that the man who died just had his hands on the wheel. He was doing absolutely nothing wrong and he was not resisting and everything was, he just did everything he was supposed to do. And then they just started shooting at him and firing at him while telling him to get out of the car. And then his car drove down the road and that he hit a tree and he, he was dead from the gunshot wound. And the, the entire story that's told about it seems a little unlikely to happen in the way that the lawyer is telling it. And one is because it's so one-sided that you know there's going to be this other details that kind of shade that a little bit. Two, he's calling it an execution, yet demanding to see more video because there's not enough evidence. So which one is it? If it's clearly an execution, then why do you need to see more? But the media is following with a the story. They're only reporting the story of events that the lawyer of the family is reporting. So the public is getting told what the video means before they ever see the video, which means the right target audience is going to hold on to that meaning regardless of what is actually in the video. Yeah, and actually, when you describe things in great detail, people can think they have a visual memory of it. Absolutely. And why why is this guy coming out with his story? If why is he a lawyer? Why did they hire a lawyer? Is my friends a bit of a rhetorical question? They want to sue, right? Guy's dead. I would. Yeah, I would presume so. So. I had a lawyer once for some, you know, not really <laughs> nothing as big as this, but I felt like I ha- I was right and I had a story and he was like, shut up. Like, yeah. this is going to we're going to this is going to go on for a really long time. And you just don't want to say anything. Yeah. And I was like, but it's true. And I'm right. He's like, you just don't want to say anything. So I'm not saying that this guy, maybe this guy is super savvy PR. Obviously, he's going to bring the court of public opinion in that direction. But it feels very manipulative. Absolutely. From his point of view. And it makes me feel he has probably a weaker case. But I don't know. I'm sh- Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think but- I think I agree. I think it's going to be a weaker case. Uh, we, we know from the narrative warfare stuff we've talked about that the battle when it comes to narrative war is not over truth. It does, truth is not the important thing. The battle is over meaning. And the idea in creating a narrative is you want to determine the meaning in the public's mind very clearly before the public has an opportunity to determine that meaning themselves. And I mean, that explicitly says that in their manual. And that's what's going on here. And the, the police's story, the police say... This tragic incident was quick and over in less than 30 seconds, and the body cameras are shaky and sometimes hard to decipher. They only tell part of the story. Meanwhile, contrast that with what the lawyer of the family is saying, that I know exactly what happened. Here's exactly what happened. It was clearly an execution. So two very opposing stories. Let me ask you a question. I feel strongly that every single solitary camera that is run by a government agency at any level, municipal to federal, any government camera that is not operating pursuant to a specific warrant that conforms with the requirements of the Fourth Amendment, any other camera is should is the property of the taxpayer, does not require a warrant, and therefore should be freely accessible to the public, either by a Freedom of Information Act or I would prefer a live streaming URL assigned to every single camera that is run by government. 
What's I, I wrong think with that, that that's a good I think that that's a good idea. I think that would definitely affect the behavior of it. One challenge to that in this video, one of the things they're trying to do before they redact the not before they release the video is they're trying to fuzzy the faces on the video. They're they're getting the court order and they're asking that this happen. And I'm assuming that that's to protect people because of the potential of riots and stuff. Okay, but if they don't, if we don't, if they want to fuzzy that out because that person gets some privacy, why do they get to take those pictures? That's a good all? question. Yeah. What's I mean, that, also, that's it. You don't yeah. get to do that then unless there's a, a warrant, a yeah. specific warrant. Well, it's going to reach a point and they're encouraging this with the way they praise the 17 year old who filmed the, the Chauvin thing there. It's going to get to a point where everybody films everybody else all the time. And we are all just an extension of the mass surveillance state because we're all we, we might get cameras on our heads for all we know, literal cyborgs, maybe some attachment. One of those things kids put around their necks so they can just play yeah, games. We're all actors in this virtual reality. Right. Play. And so we're all filming and the each kids other are all the coders all the time. And then because we're all filming each other all the time, it does the same thing it does with documents is it overwhelms us with the amount of material that no one person could ever go through, which enables them to select which videos they want to use to push the narrative and not worry about the other ones that provide full context, you know, muddying the waters of the message because they can just overwhelm people with sheer volume to where people just have to look to them for the one that means the most. If that makes sense. I'm not 100%. If you, file that last when they week. release all the CIA documents, nobody can yeah. read the CIA documents, yeah. all of them. So they have to they rely on the people they trust, the, the ones that they select to put forward. Oh, Same that thing would with explain video. a lot with like Assange and the Podesta emails and stuff. I always wonder because they're clearly limited hangouts, but they have some crazy stuff embedded in there. That really should cause some problems, but they don't because they don't get covered on the mainstream media. Yeah. Like right, there yeah. was something about, I never even found it, but I've heard people talk about it. Uh, Sarwark, I guess the guy's name is, the guy who was or maybe even still is the head of the Libertarian Party, was in one of those Hillary or Podesta emails as like an, like a, an agent. Yeah, yeah. The head of the Libertarian Party. So... I've heard libertarians talk about it, but it's like the it's like when there was an article on foxnews.com about how the 21 Coptic Christians who were beheaded in that bay in Libya that Libya then popped off and sent fighter jets to bomb an actual bay and kill real people and the pope was praying for the Coptic Christians. There was an article on foxnews.com that said it was clearly a green screen fake thing looped you know, it was just clear. But for years after that, Megyn Kelly would talk about those Coptic Christians. It's like those like logic proof containers or whatever. Yeah, the logic proof compartments in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Well, they repeat so, the one message over and over again, the false one. And then they just kind of as a footnote, say the, the true one. So the false one sticks. Right. And then when there is true stuff that's like in there, people can literally like Seymour Hirsch can can come back after many years kind of like trying to absorb the fact that 9-11 was an inside job done by Republicans and Obama didn't out it. Yeah. And then I guess he got his mind right because now he like speaks truths to power again, kind of, you know, and uh, it's just like that. That's somehow that there's such power there that they can let true things come out, but curate it to the point. Absolutely. Where 
no one will even allow those. Uh, it's that sacred and profane thing. Very interesting. Yeah, the, the, the meaning they put. I, I get to the Biden thing. It even says on there, they even say, I don't know the exact quote, but they say the narrative warfare is to convince people to believe a reality that is not true. And that, I mean, that is what they say. So new CDC guidelines about masks came out today. The confetti came down. Everybody celebrated because Biden's 100th day is on Thursday. And he said we're going to be wearing masks for the first or he's going to ask us to wear masks for the first 100 days. Well, good news, everybody, depending on mm-hmm. your perspective. If you if you've been vaccinated, <laughs> you cannot wear a mask outside sometimes. <laughs> wow, really? Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. They say that fully vaccinated people can now unmask at small outdoor gatherings or when dining outside with friends from multiple households. The CDC is telling unvaccinated people that if they still need to wear a ma- that they still need to wear a mask at at all of these gatherings. And so that's the benefit there. If you're if you're vaccinated and you're going to a small outdoor gathering, then you, you can take that mask off and your loser friends who aren't vaccinated can't. And here's an interesting quote from the US Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier uh, Becerra. She told CBS that the message is clear. You're vaccinated. Guess what? You get to return to a more normal lifestyle. If you're not vaccinated, you're still in danger. So get vaccinated. Biden's going to be talking about this at his speech tomorrow in a celebratory way, I'm sure. Clown world. I mean, I just see this thing as such a complete fabrication. Another thing I read in a little last night was about... It was called The Verbal Universe. The Verbal Universe. Which it book was, was this? It's it's a it's like on there's a short subchapter on page 363 of the soft back, the soft cover technological society. And it, it addresses some propaganda issues there. And he talks about how this artificial universe, this verbal universe that's created by radio and newspapers, because that's all there was at the time that he was writing yeah. this, is it becomes so real to you, becomes more real than the reality. And you are willing to sacrifice your reality self to the virtual universe. He doesn't call it virtual, he calls it verbal or artificial, something like that. But that's what the, so then now I'm looking around just seeing this totally created world created crisis i got i got the sickness so there's something but what what it is that just descended over humanity at that you know i i still don't i and nothing in me thinks it's some organic virus search totally consistent by the way i was also rereading that spars document from 2017 like it's just so obvious that this is a uh, among other things what we're doing right now is a messaging and propaganda refinement exercise, which Absolutely. also a little and Bernays talk about where you have to like constantly keep up on new media, yeah, new demographics, new whatever. Like you cannot just sit on your laurels when it comes to propaganda. And that spars thing uses basically COVID-19 or very similar to that to test run all these refinements of propaganda through electronic, non-electronic and everything. It's really crazy at this point to see that this is we're in a simulation. Yeah, his books are very interesting. They can be uh, tough to read at times, but he's I think he's funny the way he writes. Yeah, I can't do it cover to cover. That's for sure. Yeah, me either. 
For our last big story of the Free 30, we're going to talk about something that is a little bit related to what you were just talking about, the propaganda aspect anyway. We're going to talk about Rose McGowan's surprising interview with Fox News and what we think is really going on. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be talking about in the Patreon 15, which is Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos rocket measuring contest, as well as... (laughs) Newly, newly released photos from 1993 of Bill Clinton in the White House hanging out with a couple of special guests, if you will. And I have to correct the record. I said something about Van Halen yesterday that wasn't true. Oh, wow. But I have a defense. Yeah. I have a defense. Yeah. Interesting. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So, stop by today at www.ryguys.com That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Fantastic. I love that ad. Go ahead. And don't Monica. forget the uh, promo code. Oh, the promo code. What is the promo code? I, I did forget think it. I, it's right there. Prop 10. Oh, yes. For 10%, 10 off. And then they know that you uh, heard about them through us. But in any case, even if you just noodle around, he doesn't care. He's he's here for the support. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. The promo code Prop 10. And also, if you haven't, check out our premium tiers on Patreon at patreon.com slash propaganda report. We offer a variety of tiers with each higher tier coming with another level of live interactive events with Monica and I, as well as other patrons in your tier. We have a very engaged community. It's fantastic. And some of our offerings include the first Friday disappearing patron parties, the VIP disappearing patron parties, our patron saint Zoom parties, uh, live on air shout outs promotion and sponsorship opportunities to share your products and services with like-minded Propaganda Report listeners. Some tiers even get Propaganda Report swag. In fact, if you become a patron saint today, we will send you, by we, I mean Monica, a Propaganda (laughs) Report mug. Yes, a Propaganda Report mug or t-shirt, your choice, high-quality products. The mug, it's firm, it's solid, it's it's the best mug I have. I got it. Monica insisted on quality. The quality is fantastic. Shirt is comfortable. It fits well. So, that's a great perk. And if you're a Rockfin subscriber through rockfin.com slash propaganda report, you actually get a special rate on the patron saint membership. So, just email us at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com and we'll hook you up. And if you don't have time for more content right now, please consider a one-time donation through our donation button on the propreport.com. Now's the time to support our efforts as we incur the expenses of securing our content and getting ready for the next round of purges so we can continue even when we get kicked off of big tech. With that said, now on to the final story of the Free 30. Rose McGowan had an interview last night, and this was surprising to a lot of people. She was on Fox News. That's something that I know that I wouldn't have expected. Did you hear about this, Monica? 
No, not at all. I know who she is, though. She is bad news, in my opinion, but I'll, I'll save my opinion until after the story. She is a Democrat. She's been uh, a Democrat. Well, I don't know. She still calls herself well, a Democrat. She used to. She's the one who, who launched the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yes. Right. Yes. She launched the Harvey Weinstein thing. And she was so when she associated with who's the guy who died. The chef. Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain right? OK, yeah. so, yeah, there were a couple of things. She did this ridiculously hammed up, not convincing crying scene when he killed himself right. to him, addressed to him that uh, whatever her name was, Asia, his girlfriend, whatever, needs him. And how could he leave us? And they both had a similar thing in my mind, which is she started the Harvey Weinstein thing. Asia supported with her own story about that. And he came out in support of Asia. But Asia then had some scandal of her own, which it was a tell to me that maybe all was not what it seemed like with Bourdain. Yeah. And the thing with Rose McGowan is she tells the story of being raped in Harvey Weinstein's hot tub. Meanwhile, the next day she complained to, I think, the lawyer or the agent or something saying that she acquiesced and seduced and felt bad. And the the gal ran it up the chain and was horrified, appalled. That chick committed suicide, too. So I don't. Jeez. I, you know, that whole story is super, super fishy, in my opinion. Yes, it is. Well, her interview on Fox News last night, I have to say, and I'm always suspicious of it, especially when I start to feel like this, I, I get even more suspicious. But she knocked it out of the park. She was dead on right. And here's what she said. Well, for most of the stuff, she was dead on right anyway. She was on Fox News talking about how Democrats are, brain, they're in a cult. Democrats are in a cult. And she did come back and make a video on her Instagram later saying that the right is going to say that Rose McGowan says Democrats are in a cult. I also said that Republicans were. She implied that Republicans were. Yes, she did. So she was, she was not praising Republicans, not at all. But she did differentiate between the two, saying that, Republicans, she doesn't really agree with them, but what she does is they t is they say who they are. She feels like Republicans at least say who they are, even though I don't agree with them. They're more honest about who they are. And Democrats, on the other hand, she said that Democrats will tell you that they're going to help the poor, tell you they're going to help uh, women, whatever. They pretend to be the savior when in reality, they, they don't have no intention on saving anybody. They only have an intention on maintaining a system of power that benefits them. And that that's, that's why she she feels that Democrats are have gotten people to uh, get mind controlled into a cult because the people who become, become become Democrats are completely unaware of this cult like behavior that they're engaging in. I think she's a totally controlled asset. So you got to ask, Probably. why yeah. is she saying this? So she's got this role to speak truth to power. They have to have that. They have to make it seem like celebrities aren't totally controlled. They have to make it seem like there's a free press. Yeah, yeah. And and then my other thing is, I mean, you finish because this is a little bit, teeny bit of a tangent, but it's just two sentences. So I was saying how I started watching Mr. Robot and in the first two minutes of the first season of the first episode, it had it it laid it out as it is globalist bankers control there's no democracy blah 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 and i just could i was like why man they just they just lay it out there they just lay it out there why yeah and and i think 
it's like when I was reading about McVeigh and what you're telling me here, it it reminds me of when I went shooting recently. It was fun. I had a long gun, very good, really high quality, I guess, because like there's hardly any kickback, which normally makes me afraid of them. And but like there's a scope, a telescope, and you have to look through it. And it's, you know, the the targets are very far away, like far away to me anyway. One is even further than the other. One is like a hundred yards, and maybe one is thirty yards. But when you're looking through the scope, actually, if it's already teed up for you, you might you see a target in the scope, but you can't really tell which target it is. You have to kind of figure it out, make sure you're on the right target. And that is exactly the feeling I get with when they're trying to tell you Democrats suck, Republicans suck, government sucks, what's happening on January 6th, burn it down to the ground, defund the police, blah, blah, blah. I feel like the, they're, they're trying to get you to aim at the target that's 30 yards away, mm-hmm. when in fact, the, the problem is the hundred yards away. So Mr. Robot is telling you about the globalists. You're pissed at them. You look through the scope and the target that you're looking at, because there's so much noise, is the one that's closer. And, and who's, who would benefit the most from us totally burning this country to the ground from municipal to federal to everything? And I, I'm not pro government at all, but the person who would benefit is not Murray Rothbard and the people who think like him. It's not Mises. It's going to be Klaus. Klaus will benefit from that. So if you hate Klaus, but tear down the things that stand between you and him for now, he will benefit. So people like her are there to tell you. And those people are messing up on purpose. They're throwing election fraud in your face. They're being totally hypocritical. They give you Joe Biden. They're giving you people to hate because they want you in Brene's fashion to beg for the change that they want you to usher in. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about it, but I just, that's just, I'm starting to get a, yeah. I don't know what you call that. Um, you know, just an outline, a a blurry image of maybe what the reality is. Yeah. Let me give you a few of the things she got right. Then I'll tell you what I I think. Oh, see, I didn't want to go off on the tangent. So you got all that stuff done. I'm sorry. It's all right. I thought I gave you the chance. She, so she grew up in a cult called the children of God. Oh, really? And she says that gave her the superpower to see how they control and how the propaganda machine is used and how it harms people. And she and how the left can harm people just as much as the right. And she goes and seemingly even more the way she talks about it. And she says the propaganda machine is what keeps us apart and that we have to fight for our freedom. And the way that she suggests fighting for that freedom is to... Make a list of your belief system and think about what part of your belief system is organic and what part has been implanted by Hollywood, by the media or by your leaders. What part is truly yours? And she goes on to say, we have to examine what we believe and why we believe it. And I I think that that is a great message. I think she's right about what she says about the, the propaganda dividing us, obviously. Now, that doesn't mean that she, you say it all the time about a limited hangout. You like limited hangouts because they do give, yeah. give out good information. I think that could be a little bit what's going on here. She did send people, direct people to her Twitter page where she says that she is being shadow banned and suppressed on Twitter. I went over and looked at her Twitter page to see if, she said she goes hard on Twitter. And the first tweet that I saw was from earlier today. It was an image of her being blocked by Keith Oberman. So Keith Oberman blocked her and she was showcasing that as as a point of pride. And so this makes me think of the Gina Hmm. Carano from Mm -hmm. Mandalorian. 
she got fired from that movie for I can't remember what the comment was, but basically she was a Trump supporter is essentially why she ultimately got fired. And she then got together with Ben Shapiro like the next day and they announced a movie project that they're going to be doing. And Ben Shapiro has his movie program he's doing. I don't know if she's going to go. I could never see her. She'd go to Fox News, but I could not see her sitting down with Ben Shapiro. I would be surprised if that happened. But this could be part of this fracturing off of the left Hollywood versus the new emerging right Hollywood, which could be controlled a little bit if we're talking Ben Shapiro. And it could be a way to get these people who are disgusted with Hollywood back in to the spell of Hollywood, just a little bit of a different flavor or different front image. That's what I'm thinking. So if you look at... The Tea Party, at Q, at Ron Paul and the Liberty Movement, those were schismatic events in the Republican Party. And it ended up making the Republican, revitalizing the Republican Party. It was, it was lemonades. Yeah. It was lemons, but they were making lemonade out of it. So there's, so now we can have like a variety of schisms. So you have AOC, who's a socialist, hypocrite, lying moron, right? Like that's, I'm not calling her <laughs> yeah, the yeah, I'm that's, just saying that's, like, what that's they where call she it, yeah. is. Yeah. And then you've got like the Biden relic and then you have Kamala, who I can only think of as like, a, a, you know, an FBI agent. I just can't really think of her any other way. And, uh, and now you have this, like, is she, is Rose McGowan the voice of reason? Is she the old left? Because God knows they need the old left to come back, at least to say, my body, my choice, um, I get to smoke pot, no more war, whatever, like healthy lifestyle. Like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that I want that. I'm just saying that was what was good about that party and like the way about that ideology, the way Ron Paul reminded us of what was good about that side. Maybe it's a precursor for getting people to be revitalized and then just driving them off a cliff. Q-style. Potentially. I'm interested to see where this theme goes of people in Hollywood seemingly coming out against Democrats. Because you see it twice, and that's the start of a pattern. Who's going to be the next one? Yes, I I totally agree. Maybe Matthew McConaughey. Maybe he already is. Was he really ever a Democrat, though? He's definitely no. He's not. I don't. Well, I don't know if he has been or not. But I think I've always probably thought of him as apolitical. I've never really seen him talk politics until recently when he's talked about running for governor of Texas. Well, we can talk about some of that. uh, Who's running for governor in this country tomorrow? Or maybe even in the Patreon 15. But let me give a couple of shout outs and then we'll move on to uh, the after the after show. Okay, so. I have some new patrons I would like to welcome and thank for their support. Andrew, Kyle, Megan, and I hate to say it. I'm going to come out unequivocally and say my favorite patron of all time, Irene, who's my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom is now a patron. She has to be the oldest patron, maybe on Patreon. Well, if she's not, I would be surprised. Yeah, she's she's I'm honored. I'm honored. She's hit, hitting the triple digits. Yeah, some, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, no, that, she insisted because I was visiting and she was like, let me let me do your thing. We I have people be part of your thing. from age 10 to almost age 100 listening. That's I mean, right. That's, I actually shook the hands of fans from age. Yeah. Oh, oh 80 Hank. Year. Yeah, Hank. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and others. There were others. I mean, there were. It, it's been cool. So uh, that brings me to a shout out from Sonia. We have a lot in common with Sonia. She has a shout out. She would like to thank John for introducing Monica and Brad to me. I love y'all's show. I would love to send a shout out to you guys, Monica and Brad. You do an awesome job. I've even started watching your Rockfin stuff. So much information. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you, Sonia. She's been a thank really you. nice addition to our community. She yeah, has thank you. a special, uh, I think she has one, maybe even two special needs kids. So sometimes we yeah. we commune on that level. But yeah. we have lots lots to commune about. I commune with people about Van Halen as well. And uh, so I immediately got a lot of feedback after <laughs> yesterday's show. So I'll tell I you about that. I can't wait to hear about that. In the Patreon 15. All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Share the show Tuesday. Share it. Give it to a friend. Give it to a family. Have a fantastic rest of your day.